Hello everyone, you are listening to the Igbo Initiative podcast with Ugochi Onyewu. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Igbo Initiative podcast, where we celebrate all things Igbo. We speak to amazing women in different walks of life who are either Igbo or who are friends of Igbo culture. Today, I speak to the brave and daring Ugo Arinze. Ugo has experienced a lot of different things, which made for an amazing and interesting discussion. After business school, where she specialized in finance, Ugo worked as a banker for a number of years. She started her own business as an interior decorator in Washington, D.C. Eight years ago, she packed up and made the bold move of moving to London, where she has become something of a London real estate expert. In today's episode, we talk about her move, things to understand about real estate and tips for anyone interested in the property market. Ugo encourages us not to define ourselves by fitting into predefined boxes. At the end, I have a little fun by asking Ugo to practice her Igbo, something she was not expecting, but she was a complete trooper. I thoroughly enjoyed chatting to Ugo. Hey, Ugo. So nice to talk to you on this Sunday afternoon. How are you doing? I'm really well, Gochi. How are you? Thanks for having me. Of course. Of course, as always, it's a pleasure. I'm sure we'll have a really great discussion. I've introduced you to the audience. I'm just going to dive right in and ask you, please, okay. if you wouldn't mind, just give us some background. Where were you born? What part of Igbo land are you from? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, I was born in Enugu, but uh, my family is from Imo State, Arundizog. Hmm. Uh, we were born in Nigeria, um, but we came out as a family and we grew up in Somerset, New Jersey. Nice, nice. So when did you move to the U.S.? I'm in the 70s, so. Okay, okay. Perfect. So you grew up in New Jersey. Take us through your journey to where you are today, because you have a really interesting background, right? So talk us about you. Talk us through your background. What did you study? Tell us uh, a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, I basically went through, you know, school system, Catholic school, went to Rutgers for undergrad, Mm -hmm. uh, studied finance, have a BS in finance undergrad, and then got an MBA in finance as well from New York University. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, yeah, pretty much um, I had a career in finance. I started off as an investment banker with Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, um, and at, yeah, kind of coming out of um, business school, had decided that I felt like my life had been kind of in a 50-mile radius, so Mm -hmm. I uh, Mm -hmm. looked for opportunities in finance and banking that perhaps um, got me someplace else, and so I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina with the bank, um, was there for a few years, and then moved to Washington, D.C., which is, I'm sure, where you and I met many years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, I continued my career in banking and finance, but it was always real estate focused. Mm. So I was structuring deals on behalf of large corporate owners of real estate. So that gave me a really good background into real estate finance. Um, we were doing large 
you know, loans, you know, hundreds of millions, billion dollar properties and projects. Um, but that taste of real estate kind of stuck with me and helped evolve my career. So um, I continued to, or started buying property for myself uh, mm-hmm. personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I renovated the home. I lived in DC out of desperation, but, you know, found out that I was pretty good at it, enjoyed Mm -hmm. it, literally Mm -hmm. laid tile, I painted, um, became my own general contractor working Mm -hmm. with my subs. And, um, and off the back of that, you know, literally got to pick every finishing in the house, every fixture, and, um, and it turned out really well. Mm -hmm. And, started even taking some interior design classes and continuing with decorating the house and everything. And then um, people responded and just said, wow, you know, you did such a good job. Can mm-hmm. you help my brother? Can you help my friend? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, people will pay me to, <laughs> to do this work that I was really enjoying. Yes. And that's what kind of started my my career into actually getting involved with, with property on a individual basis, mm. which, yeah. Mm. So that, you know, that that was kind of why I asked the question, because I didn't make that connection from uh, finance to what you're doing now and even the interior design, because I, I've yeah. always seen you as someone who loves to try new things and as a serial yeah. entrepreneur. So it kind of makes sense uh, that in a way everything is tied together, the finance and the interior design and even what you're doing today, which is real estate. Um, you're, you're very adventurous, Ugo. Um, so you've talked a little bit about, um, you know, your venture into interior design, but I know that right now you're doing real estate full time. So talk yeah. to us about that switch, that transition. Yeah. So having been with the bank for over 10 years and, you know, while I was working with the bank, I was doing these projects on the side and, and they were just getting more advanced. Right. So I started doing some, some flips for myself. I was buying property. I was doing them up. I was selling them on. And um, I just really enjoyed that. And I felt that there was an opportunity to continue that. So after having been with the bank for over 10 years, I was really ready to do something different. Mm-hmm. And so started looking, thinking that was going to be my, my segue out was to go off and do my own interior design projects in DC. Mm-hmm. As it turned out, um, I had a friend go work for um, the architect, David Ajay, who designed the Smithsonian Museum of African-American History on the National Mall in D.C. Hmm. He had a London base and was also um, in New York. And so he would come down and talk about this vision for this museum. I was, you know, quite interested in that work now in that architectural space. I was kind of pitching to um, come on board as in-house interior designer. He was Hmm. more interested in my my finance background. Hmm. And... um, and yeah, so I came to work for him in a CFO role, um, and and the role was in London. Wow! And that was um, yeah, it was a very tough move, you know, emotionally. But I think because I had been thinking about doing something entrepreneurial at that point in my life, and this offered me a chance to kind of, you almost like. I needed probably a little push to, to, to take that step out the door. Right. Right. So while I've been talking about it, I don't know that I was really, you know, going to leave that, that banking money and and (laughs) go off and do it. Right. Whereas this kind of was a good segue because now I was in this more creative space. Mm -hmm. It was for a design firm. They were doing some amazing work. Mm -hmm. The role was still in finance, but 
you know, oh, by the way, to London. And, and I really felt that, you know what, why not go for it? You know, I could pick up my life as I left it if it didn't work out. Mm. And I remember having the thought, you know, you'll be really proud of yourself if you do this, if yes. you take this opportunity that's in front of you, regardless of how it goes. Um, yeah, how many people get that opportunity? So, so I did. Oh, that's a, that is amazing. And you know, we we kind of have something in common because I was born in London. My family, my my mother and my siblings are, are in London, so it's a place that's near and dear to my heart. So before Ooh. we kind of segue into um, you know real estate in London, because I'm really interested to find out uh, what your thoughts are, I'd like you to tell us about um, your experience in London, just as a city, and what you love about it. What are some of the challenges of moving over there and the differences? I'd be very interested to hear what you have to say. <laughs> well, I'm very lucky in that I felt like I hit the ground loving London. And people, mm. you know, I meet Londoners who are like, oh my God, you're from America. How can you love London? <laughs> and I'm like, you don't understand how amazing I think this city is. Mm. And, and somebody recently described it as it's, it's a world in a city. And mm -hmm. one of the things I fell in love with was the African art scene in London. It, yes. It's so vibrant. There's mm. so much happening. I think when we grow up in America, you know, America is very black and white. And, and I don't think that it's, 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 well, it's, you know, the melting pot, London is a melting pot in a whole different level, right? Mm. So America, you know, you know, you're Nigerian, you, maybe you'll meet somebody from Ghana, maybe mm. you'll meet some yeah. people from Ethiopia and yeah. D.C. Here, I was meeting people from Rwanda and South yes. Africa and yes. Mozambique and, mm -hmm. and, um, and Senegal mm -hmm. and Gambia and Kenya. And it was just like, wow, the world just felt so much bigger right. here. And yes. the conversations you can have and the interactions. And as I said, the African art scene here is just incredibly thriving, vibrant. You've got multiple galleries focused on Africa art, African art. So give me a sense of pride and connection. And being this global citizen, I just kind of felt like, oh my God, you know, where have we been my whole life? Just, <laughs> I just had this connection to, to London. Um, and yeah, so it felt really good coming here. And it's beautiful architecturally. I think I love history. I love mm. architecture, as you've seen from, you know, my posts and things like yes, that. It's yes. a very walkable city, so mm. you can come and enjoy it. Mm. Um, the trade-off is that the weather is a disaster. Oh, so, it's awful. You know, we don't have... <laughs> I miss the D.C. heat in summer, the, yeah. even the humidity, but... Yes. Um, but uh, you know, people say you travel for your son, which is which is true in London. But yeah. but it, it does offer a lot more. Which yeah, I, I really enjoy. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, obviously, I see all your posts. I know that you love it, and you've been there how long? You've been there a few years now, right? Eight years. Wow, eight years, which is hard to believe. So yeah, it is. Fly. Time really does fly. Time does fly. So, do you think you'll move back, or you think London's kind of pseudo home? Of course, you know. I'm just curious. Yeah, you know, look, my family is still in. Somerset, New Jersey. Yes. I have my siblings are back there. Mm -hmm. um, so what I feel like London offers, and you know, you say never say never. Mm -hmm. It's a great base as a life, right? So yes. in Europe, people are much more used to having, you know, longer vacations. You yes. know, two, three, four, five, six weeks off yeah. a year. So from a lifestyle perspective, it's much more comfortable. Mm -hmm. So right now, I can come back to 
to America for two or three weeks at Christmas or two or three mm. weeks at summer yes. and really enjoy spending time with my family and then still have other opportunities. I'm, you know, I'm going to, to Italy this weekend and it's literally a, you know, one hour, two hour yeah. um, flight. Yeah. So there's a lot of life to experience from London. Yes. I, I, I'm big on seeing more of Africa. It's mm -hmm. so much easier here. So mm -hmm. I see London as a great base to, to yeah. build a life. I'm building my career. I'm building my business mm -hmm. here. And, you know, God willing, that will allow me to still come back to America, you know, spend quality time with family and friends. But mm -hmm. London, lifestyle, culture, theater, mm -hmm. events, there's, you know, I was at, yeah, just constantly there's things happening yeah 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 that makes sense I mean I do miss London but yeah it, it totally makes sense totally makes sense so now we've talked about London just from a personal standpoint I really kind of want to segue into talking real estate because I know that's your passion mm. that's what you do mm. um mm. and having obviously uh spent a lot of time being born in London and lived in London I know what the property market is I have a mm. sense of what it's like there and I have a sense of what it's like here however talking to an expert I'd really like to get your insights as to what the difference is between the US slash DC property market versus the London mm. property market talk to us about that yeah you know and that's one of the things that really struck me because I'd had such a strong real estate background coming over here one of the things that surprised me was that um, typically in America, if you're buying a property, you know, the, buy, the buyer has an agent, the seller has an agent, yes. right? And they're licensed professionals working on your behalf. So coming over here, one of the things I noticed was that buyers aren't represented. Basically, the way the model works is there's estate agents who work on behalf of the seller. So if you as a buyer are looking to buy a property, in essence, you have to register with every agent who might have the listing that you want. So mm. say, you're, so you, say you're, you're looking in Notting Hill and you say, okay, I'm looking for two bedrooms, Notting Hill, blah, blah, blah. Here's my criteria. A dozen properties come up. It could, they could be on with 10 different agents. Basically, you have to register with each agent and they can only show you that listing that's in their inventory. So... Huh you have no one really working on your behalf, right? right? And mm. then when you get ready to make an offer, you're saying, oh, well, what do you think I should offer? Well, what do you think they're going to say you should offer, right? Because right. they really work on behalf of the seller. Hmm. And so one of, funny enough, one of the recent videos that I put on my YouTube channel was working with a buyer, why, buying agent, and why that's so important and that's one of the that's how I segued into working for myself because mm. I felt that there was this gap in the market there was an opportunity initially to work with buyers right to really yeah. help someone looking to buy in London helping them understand the market helping them navigate that's another thing you know you don't know what you don't know so you might think you want Notting Hill but maybe it's Ladbroke Grove yes. maybe it's Collin Park maybe yes. it's these other areas right. that might be around or might be more suitable right mm -hmm. so that's some of what we offer and what I offer to my to my clients but it was really seeing that opportunity there's a lot of Nigerians in this market there's mm -hmm. a lot of Americans there's a lot of farm buyers mm -hmm. and I felt that with my background and having moved over here and having bought property in the past and mm -hmm. having been an investor mm -hmm. I can help my clients find the right property and even look after it right so if we need to even fix it up refurb it 
I've done all that in the past. Mm-hmm. If you need to rent it out, I've been a landlord. I am mm-hmm. a landlord. Mm-hmm. So we could, I could offer this boutique one-stop shop coming from a very trustworthy, high level of professionalism mm. because here agents aren't licensed. So you don't have real criteria to distinguish, you know, somebody's background and abilities. Mm. And again, given my, my background, I felt that it really gave me a great opportunity to, to offer that. Well, that's great. And so you're an amazing uh, one-stop shop for a buyer, basically, because you have you have you have all this different experience, right? Both from finance, from interior design, from real yeah, estate. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So absolutely. That's great. And at the end, I'm gonna have you give a, uh, an opportunity to the audience to tell them how to reach you, because I'm sure there are people okay. out there who are looking to buy in London, and you would be a that's great right. resource. So yeah, we'll do that. Keller Williams has since come into the market mm-hmm. and. Keller Williams um, is a U.S.-based estate agency, as you know, real estate agency. Mm-hmm. So I've come under them now with my brand, but that's also allowed me now to add the sales side. So in essence, we do the buying, selling, renting, management. We can offer the whole thing as well. So that's, I think, worth worth noting is that over time, I've been able to expand my services, being part of Keller Williams and now having teammates and colleagues and people as my business has grown. Talk to us a little bit about your most challenging project in London um, so far. Uh, What was it? How did you deal with it? How did you overcome the challenge? I'd be interested to hear. Well, I mean, I think being an entrepreneur has a series of challenges and, and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, challenges come in so many different forms from, you know, starting on a listing, putting a lot of effort into it, marketing it. And yet if the market shifts on you, which the London property has shifted, Mm -hmm. you know, you might not get a buyer, right? And your seller decides to to no longer sell. Mm -hmm. So I don't know too many professions where you can do all the work and still may not get get paid, yeah. although you've done the work, right? Because yeah. the results just weren't weren't there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's a function of the market. And I think one of the things, the biggest thing in terms of challenge is, is really about mindset. And I think that's been the learning process of my journey is mm-hmm. recognizing and, you know, working with business coaches and working with other people you have to have a mindset of perseverance no matter mm. what, right? Because I pitched for deals that I just swore, you know, I was going to get because I was qualified. They love me. They visited. And then they might say, oh, we want to go with the local agent because they think they know the area mm. better. Mm. And yet what you're trying to help people understand is, the person who comes with the ideas and the passion and the energy, mm. I would take over the person who's under a brand, yes. right? Because it, it says nothing about what they're going to do to go the extra mile exactly. to get your, you know, your home sold right. or to help you buy or to answer a call in the middle of, not the middle of the night, but, you know, at odd times or, mm. go, you know, there's just so many yeah. little ways that I think I do that because I'm, I'm, I'm doing work that I love. Mm -hmm. So it's disappointing in different times because, um, as I said, I've had situations where, you know, we've taken on the list we've had offers and the buyer might pull out. And here Mm. in this market, unfortunately, there's no real penalty for pulling out of a deal. It's not Mm. like in America where you sign a contract and you put an escrow deposit. So we've had listings where we've agreed an offer and, 
two months in while you're going through the, the conveyancing or the, the title work process, the buyer decides they're not buying anymore. Oh, wow. And then the seller, yeah, and that gets really frustrating. Then the seller's frustrated and may say, forget it. And meanwhile, the market now, you know, has shifted. So maybe the next buyer doesn't come along. Mm. Um, there's, there's so much of that. But I think, you know, the daily challenge is you really have to, to be positive and energetic about mm. it. Because if you don't believe in yourself and continue to mm. make yourself better, mm. then the game is going to pass you by, right? So every business yeah. is facing technology and yeah. things that are dramatically changing their business. Mm. So if you're not embracing that and seeing it, right, and how it can benefit you, mm. and you're just, you know, oh, this is the way I've done things and it's worked in the past, mm. it's going to pass you by, right? Wow. So yeah. getting in front of video, it was not where I started off, but mm. it wasn't my comfort level. Mm. But you recognize that yeah. social media is really important. People right. want to connect. And, right. and I have information to give, right? So mm -hmm. I have to, you have to constantly find ways I think to um to find your client mm -hmm. you know all I want to do is sell pretty houses all day long mm -hmm. and get half the battle yeah to find your next customer Absolutely. and if you don't put that time and effort into that then um you're only as good as a deal on the table right now mm -hmm. but in three months when that deal is over have you been doing the work to get the next deal and, yeah. and that's part of it yeah part of it. yeah that, that really made sense what else do you wish you'd known when you started out when you moved to London and started out what else is there that you wish you <laughs> <laughs> um I think business is so much about um who you know and so mm. when I started off I was like oh I have this great idea and you know I'm gonna help my buyers and I've got this background and blah blah and you just think automatically that people are going to find you, right? And 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 yet that's not how it works. Mm. I mean, as I said, half of it is to go out and find them, right? And so I guess what I, I wish I had known is that you know, I made I made it a lot harder for myself, right? So had mm. I had I picked up this business or started this business in DC, who didn't I know already? Right. Right? Because I had a network of friends and connections mm -hmm. and I'd been there ten years. When I started off on my own, I'd barely been here two years. And so I think mm. it's recognizing that, um, uh, yeah, people do business with people they know and like, and you have to have a big enough universe of those people. Mm. And that's a constant, constant battle. But in ways, I'm not sure if you know that, you know, in ways, maybe at all, it does is scare you off, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so sometimes not knowing mm -hmm. and having to live it, yeah. but just committing that no matter what, um, I'm going to be a success at this mm. has been for me um, why I'm still standing. And because the, the market has shifted, things have changed. There's just constant change you have to, I think, um, adapt to. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's great. I mean, you, are, I, you know, for as long as I've known, you've always been like brave, adventurous and, and determined. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. But I'm just uh, wondering, what are you curious about right now? What, what kind of are you like? Hmm, I want to find out more about that. What are you curious about, Ugo? Hmm, that's a good question. <laughs> you know, I, I think um, it's really, a, well, I guess what I'm curious about, I want to be the best, you know, I want to be very successful at what I do. And mm -hmm. so for me, the curiosity comes in 
maybe what can I do better or how can mm-hmm. I do something better? Mm-hmm. Um, but then the, it's also trying to balance how do I have a better balanced life, right? And right now at times it's not always the case. I give a lot to my work and it, it is at the expense of other things, um, you know, personally perhaps. Mm-hmm. And so curiosity comes in the form of um, just trying to get that, that balance right mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, what does life have to offer mm-hmm. me? How do I try to enjoy my blessings, appreciate mm-hmm. my blessings while still striving for more? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, you know, there's, you know, yeah, just being more knowledgeable, more um, accessible, more a, a, a person who is coming from a place of contribution and mm-hmm. giving, knowing mm-hmm. that I think the the rewards come in time. Um, no, it makes sense. And, and I guess as a follow on to that, maybe the answer is pretty much the same, right? Because um, what's next for you? Because it sounds like you've done a lot, right? You've come a long way, <laughs> eight years mm-hmm. in London, you know, mm-hmm. you've really done a lot. You're working for yourself now and you're building that network of people that you'd like to mm-hmm. get to know. So what's next? What do you see on the horizon? What would you like to conquer next? Is it just more finding the balance like you just said? Or is it something else that you're kind of shooting for that you'd really like to achieve? I'm curious. Well, you know, I think it is. It's finding the balance and seeking success in multiple areas, right? So do a career-wise, am I where I want to be? No. Do I feel like I'm headed in the right direction? Yes. Mm. But, you know, I want to be the go-to person when people think of London property and that mm. I'm the person they want to work with, whether mm-hmm. they're buying or selling their home um, or need a property and they need somebody to look after it. But also coming back to maybe that interior design side, right? Because in mm-hmm. DC, I was doing more of those projects and getting an opportunity to really decorate space. And, and, and again, maybe that's where it ties the African part into it because mm-hmm. with the African art and so much happening here, it would be great to be doing more projects where, you know, I can bring some of that personality into mm-hmm. it in a very, you know, sophisticated, <laughs> yeah. eclectic way, yes. but also yes. celebrating our work and I think that our work deserves the, the platform and the opportunity to do it. So, mm-hmm. you know, my where I live in my flat, I try to be my own client, my own design mm-hmm. client, celebrating African art in a very sophisticated, cool, chic way. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's promoting that and being um someone who promotes that. And then, you know, personally, you know, having more balance of a family of my own and, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and having that in my life. Mm-hmm. So I think that's also important for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just trying to try to get that right. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> Onwards and upwards, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So what would you say to someone who is looking to enter the real estate market or become, whether it be as an investor, whether it be as an agent or a developer, what, what are some tips you'd give to someone like that? Well, real estate for me is a very local business. And, you know, mm-hmm. because I do work with, you know, a lot of Nigerians and other Africans, you know, I often get asked about helping to, say, promote something in, in Lagos. Um, and I think mm-hmm. that um, I've usually, I've typically turned those down. Why? Mm-hmm. Because I need to be the person who says, 
you know, I can only promote what I believe in and I can only promote mm-hmm. what I know. And mm-hmm. so real estate is a very local business. You need to be on the ground, walking it, knowing it mm-hmm. because street by street, area by area, it could be very different. Mm-hmm. So you have to do your homework. A, mm-hmm. a lot of people were buying, you know, say properties off plan because everybody and their grandmother was doing it and they were mm-hmm. making good money yeah. until the market shifted. Yes. Right. And, and the thing is, if you don't understand real estate is cyclical, mm. the market is going to correct. Where are you in that cycle? If you haven't done that homework and the fundamentals, right. And mm. the, you know, if you look at the crash of 2008 and mm. everything that was underlying because of real estate and mm. people yes. were just, taking on any product that any lender was giving them, Mm. not recognizing the fundamentals of down payments, equity in the game, Mm. you know, having enough in there. And Mm -hmm. that's really important. You, you know, you have to crunch the numbers, but you also have to have kind of a plan B, right? So Mm -hmm. as a banker, one of the things we're, and again, we were guilty of points. You were, you got very aggressive in how you lent money, right? Mm -hmm. And the fundamentals. And it's great when the market is good, but when the market yeah. starts shifting, mm. all of a sudden, if your borrowers don't have 25% equity, mm. they're handing back the keys, right? Yeah. And if you as an investor are buying something with almost no money in it because a lender is lending it to you, yeah. if the and if you, you're making certain assumptions on what you can sell it on for, what are those assumptions based on, right? Mm. Is it based on what's happening currently today or is it based on you, you being conservative and and applying a a haircut and discounting Mm. and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So when we work with investors, we really want to make sure we, we, we do use conservative numbers such that, great if we can exceed them mm. but if not we've at least you know hopefully we're, we're we're able to sustain the investment because we didn't assume that rents are going to increase by 15 percent mm. when they've been increasing by six right mm-hmm. or that the market is what if they stay flat mm-hmm. uh, right now i've got a lot of landlords who were reletting their properties and they're like we're getting the same rent we've gotten three years ago and they get very frustrated. Yeah. And what I'm telling them yeah. is the market is not the market exactly. from three years ago, right? Yes. So we can, we can push it and your property is going to sit vacant, mm. or we can just accept the reality of the mm. market. Mm-hmm. So I think it's understanding those dynamics. It's understanding, you know, areas and micro areas. So what's happening in prime central London might not be what's happening in zone two or your part of mm-hmm. zone two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the price, property prices in London are very high value. Mm-hmm. So I have buyers, you know, saying, what can I buy for 300,000 yeah. in this life? Yeah. You're not even in London. Right, exactly. <laughs> so at that point, yes. which, but yes. meanwhile, that's not a small amount of money, right. but for London, uh, it, absolutely. it doesn't exist. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so it's yeah. all of those things that factor mm. in. People think because real estate is housing, they know it, mm. but you don't. You mm. need to do your homework. Yeah. Otherwise, you will get burned, yeah. and it's a very expensive mistake to make, right? Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's not like buying... You know, um, a, a, I don't know, buying a, <laughs> a car purse. even. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah a purse. Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. much more. Right. Um, no, I so. get it. I totally get it. How can people reach you, Ugo? Because I'm sure there are people out there who want to learn more, who would like to, you know, maybe even just, you know, yeah. pick your brains or buy property. How would, how, what's your platform? How do people reach you? Well, 
Thank you for that. And, and people, absolutely, I do welcome. Please connect with me if you have any questions, if you want to know more. I think one of the best ways right now is my YouTube channel. Okay. So if you find me, Ugo Renze on YouTube, you're seeing that I'm putting out a series of videos on London and things, tips for first-time buyers, things to buying agent, things you should you know think about, you know, landlords, all those things. So you can just find it there. But um, also I'm on Facebook um, as Ugo Renze and on Instagram as Onyx London Life um, and also Twitter as Onyx London Life. So across all those platforms, I'm pretty much putting out regular content, showing off London. So that's another thing. It's not just about what you, you know, you're not just buying a home, you're buying also a lifestyle yeah, in an area. And so right. I think it's important if we can show that off and help people get a sense of the many different neighborhoods of London, then, then that's a good thing. Absolutely. That's great. And, you know, um, just kind of completely switching gears, I'm going to throw you off a little bit, but I, I think I'm correct in uh, understanding that you do speak Igbo, right? Yes, I do. <laughs> We fought our parents, but yes, we absolutely <laughs> growing up, they made sure we spoke Igbo. Yeah. yeah, that's great. So maybe I'm going to throw a few words out there. Maybe the audience can hear Ugo <laughs> speaking Igbo. I'll just start, start off by saying, Kedu, how are you doing? And then you can kind of take it from there. Okay. Odima, which means I'm fine. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Anything else you'd like to say? <laughs> Um, uh, <laughs> um, um, it's like maybe try jump here. try jump make you very Okay. I like to say my Igbo is the Queen's Igbo. Yeah. So obviously, growing up, we didn't, you know, it's not oh hey hey hey, right? It's yes. not the cook 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 version. Yes, but yes. It's, it's enough for survival Igbo, perhaps. Okay, so, um, so okay, yeah. so I'm gonna so just for the audience, I'm gonna ask Hugo. So it's Sunday, and you're in London. It's Sunday evening. What are you gonna do once we're done? Okay, so Hugo. Tao Sunday, Ubochi Sunday. Uh, I met uh, you work, and he gave me. Well, actually, Chana me, so I'm a singer for the whole week. So, I'm going to get Kuchas there and get him in Sire. And then, Nakwado there, you know, Kwado for the, for the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Ugo's like, she, she's been cooking. Once we're done, she's going to finish cooking, have dinner, and then get ready for the week. <laughs> That's right. This has been amazing. I've loved talking to you. <laughs> Very relaxed Thank you and so laid much. back. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. Is there anything I have not asked? that you'd love the audience to know let me know yeah I mean I think what you're doing is so amazing Gucci and giving I think Evo um, people and Evo women a platform so I just say we're all evolving and you know don't be afraid of trying something new whether mm -hmm. if you're going to fail or not fail mm -hmm. and also let's not you know define ourselves anymore from I think the traditional boxes where there was mm -hmm. so much pressure to be one certain thing or yes. profession or yes. or role mm -hmm. um and we let's let's support each other across these different things um yeah, and then, you know, for the parents out there, do force your children to speak Igbo. I know it's not the easiest battle to, to, to fight, but I think even if they can just understand and hear, mm -hmm. it, it does go a long way from a pride perspective. I yes. think as we get older and, and really, um, yeah, in this world, we should be, you know, 
proud of what we are and yeah. proud of who we are and what we bring to the table. And as we know, Igbos and Nigerians are in every profession yeah. and excelling and mm-hmm. doing well. Mm-hmm. So let's let's be celebrating that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Such a great way to end this discussion. Thanks, Ugo. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. okay. Bye-bye. Each episode is so different and I learn something from each of the women I speak to, which is a huge blessing. Please visit today's show notes for ways that you can reach Ugo. If you're interested in the London property market, Ugo is definitely your person. To access today's show notes, please visit the website and click on episodes. Send me a note. I would love to hear from you to hear about suggestions for what you would like to hear more about. You can do this via the website at www.theebo.com or you can send me an email at ugochi at Please tell your friends about the podcast. Provide a rating on iTunes. It would mean a great deal. Thanks again for listening and I'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye-bye.